0: Welcome, everybody, to the Heat and Magic Assist podcast. I am your host, Carson, and I am joined by my two buddies, David and Steven. What's up, guys? Today, we're going to have some uh, news about the uh, NBA, and we're also going to talk about what about what happened with the Magic and the Heat lately. So first, we're just going to start off with some news. Uh, Steven, why don't you start us off?
1: What do sure. you want to talk about? Thanks, Carson. I, this is re- isn't really news. I just wanted to bring up and talk about Carmelo Anthony. I believe the last podcast, we gave him a hard time. I, myself, never expected him to do that well for the Portland Trailblazers when they brought him on.
2: Oh yeah. Obviously,
1: he's been off for a year. He's a little past his prime. And I wasn't really sure how much he could score like he used to in the past, And which is why they brought him in. The Portland Trailblazers have been hit with a bunch of injuries. They're having a hard time scoring points. And so they brought in a, a scoring specialist who, unfortunately, has been... Passed his prime for quite a few seasons in my opinion but to my surprise he's been playing pretty well in the past week um as some of you might know by now he was uh, named the western conference player of the week and he averaged about 22 points a game last week which is pretty surprising and a pretty good clip um i do need to point out however that a lot of these points came against inferior teams, teams that are below 500. Particularly, um, they played the Chicago Bulls twice and then Oklahoma City. Now, last night they did play the Clippers, a much better defensive team with defensive specialists specialists like um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And you can see that his productivity was not as good, but we still gotta give him a lot of credit. Uh, being able to average that many points and getting that many shots, um, I think it's very significant. And it's not just about the performance that Carmelo's putting, but I think it's important to note that the Portland Trailblazers are really a hundred percent behind Carmelo. That's what's important to point out because given his recent history, like I just discussed, you wouldn't expect him to you wouldn't expect the Trailblazers to give Carmelo 20 shots a game, which he did against the Bulls or 16 shots 15 shots 15 shots before that uh so they're really putting uh, a lot of faith into carmelo and giving him 100 percent confidence to just go out and play as much as he can and do what he can on on a daily basis and i think it's important to point that out so yeah yeah. i'd like to hear what you guys what they think
2: yeah i i think the the confidence confidence is important they Unlike uh, with Carmelo Anthony's stint with the Rockets, they're not forcing him to shoot three. They are letting him play his game, shoot the mid mid range, um, post up, and do a fadeaway jumper. Like they are letting him play his game, play to his strength, and it, it's working out so far. And I think it's pretty impressive uh, for Carmelo Anthony to miss the whole season last year. And he truly showed that he still belongs in this league. He still got some game left in him. And he could still contribute. I think that's that's impressive. And he, uh, there's like multiple times during the Chicago Bulls, he was able to drive it in for a dunk and a layup. I just didn't think he had that speed in him anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, guys, are you are you serious? We're actually really gonna talk about this, Carmelo Anthony. It's not an issue of whether or not he has his game left in the tank. It's an issue of whether or not he's willing to come off the bench. Is he okay with that?
1: I think so.
2: Yeah, I think he learned a lot from almost being banished from the NBA.
1: Yeah, I don't think he has a lot of... uh, I think you understand he doesn't have a lot of choices. If he wants to stay in the NBA, he needs to accept the role besides being the star player. And given the many, many times that he's been trying to get into teams and mm-hmm. you know, being on TV and talking about how he's accepted his his position as an older player, being a role player, coming off the bench, and being off for a whole year and finally getting the chance to do it. I think if the football players does finally get healthy and decide to put him on the bench, I think he'll be fine with it. Now, the problem is... I don't know how efficient he will be once he is put in that position. As much as he may be willing to be uh, to play off the bench, um, he won't get as many shots, I don't think. I don't think he'll be given the green light as much as, for example, like Lou Williams gets from the Clippers, right? Even though Lou Williams is a bench player, he shoots many, many shots to be able to produce like he does. If Carmelo goes to the bench and... The Portland Trailblazers are asking him to score with a lesser amount of shots. I don't know how efficient he could be because he is a volume shooter. He needs to get those many shots off to be able to produce. Which brings a whole other topic of why do we even have these sorts of players? Because there's a lot of these players that need to score. They need a lot of shots to score. But that's a whole different topic. Um, but yeah. I, see I, I guess
0: that I guess that's my point. If you're gonna get let Carmelo Anthony get like 15 shots a game, coming off the bench, why wouldn't you just give that to a younger player? And see
1: don't, what he has. No, you already know what Carmelo. Is. Well, the I guess just to point things out, maybe you're not familiar with his uh, what's going on with Portland. The Portland has a lot of injuries, and so Carmelo's not even coming off the bench right now. He's a starter. Mm-hmm. So he's playing. He's playing as a starter with starter minutes because they just don't have enough bodies to be able to produce on the offensive end. So that's he's why he's getting a lot of shots. Facing
2: Mario Hisonia, who's giving them nothing offensively.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Mario Hisonia! <laughs> so he's oh, literally, he's literally the Trailblazers' third option behind uh, C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard.
2: Yeah, and Rodney Hood has been struggling too. Oh just,
1: man. Yeah.
0: They they're it. not even, They're not worth me paying attention to. I really don't <laughs> care about the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll I see think how I, they I,
2: translate I, when they play against you know more winning teams, not against these sub five hundred teams.
0: And how about, did not they play? Uh, did they play Clippers yesterday? Yes. They stomped on.
1: Yes, uh, it was a pretty bad uh loss for the Trailblazers. So the Clippers played pretty well carmelo didn't do too well he went two for nine so that's 22 percentage on the field goal but like i mentioned before that's going up against defensive specialists like hawaii and paul george and they're obviously you know on their physical prime right now and they're just a better team overall
0: okay now let's move on to our next topic which is my topic Mm-hmm. So the heat, I mean I'm sorry, not the heat, but the Houston Rockets played the Spurs yesterday on uh, December 3rd when the heat, when the Rockets played the Spurs, the game went to overtime and the Spurs won. But during the fir- during the last eight minutes of mm-hmm. regulation in the fourth quarter at a, a dunk which was which was a dunk and there was no travel or anything that James Harden made. Was called a miss because the ball flew out, and the ref thought he missed it. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because if they counted that dunk, Houston probably won that game. And especially the Western Conference, every win is very important in such a stacked conference like that. I just ask you guys: Do you think the NBA should allow them to replay? Those last like eight minutes of regulation because they have done it before,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it was but
2: Miami the head. last time
0: they did that, yeah, was with the Heat and the Atlanta Hawks and, like, 10 years ago, I think
2: mm-hmm. it was a
0: long time ago. And during that time, I think they played like the last two minutes of regulation to determine it the outcome. Do you guys think that the NBA should allow? the Rockets and the Spurs replay the last seven or uh, eight minutes of that regulation to determine the winner.
1: Can you elaborate more on that? presidents where the Heat and the Hawks play the game again? I'm not familiar with that, so I'm not really sure they ever did that. But uh, it, yeah. if well, it happen. can I you elaborate I... on that? So
2: I mean, this is going to go with my opinion, but I don't think the two that redo for the Miami Heat against the Atlanta Hawks in 2008. I don't think that relates to this game only because in that game uh, what happened was I think the score um, incorrectly gave Shaq too much foul um, incorrectly gave him an extra foul and Shaq fouled out of the game when he shouldn't have and so that's why they redid the game because of a score mistake um, not a ref mistake so they actually replayed that game so that's what happened but like in this game, it was a ref mistake. It wasn't a score table mistake, and so that's why I don't think it's comparable. And not only that, but the refs—they always make mistakes. Even when they we re- when the coaches challenge the refs' like call, and it's, it it seems like it's obviously the refs are wrong, they still won't they still won't overturn the call. And like the NBA still gives out these these reviews the last the review of the last two minutes of the game and they 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 say which of these foul calls or rulings were correct and which ones were incorrect and they don't redo games for that either so no i don't think they should replay this game and not only that but they that controversial play happened with seven minutes 50 seconds like the rockets have plenty of opportunity to make up this wasn't like a last second play or like in the closing minutes there's still plenty of time
1: left yeah, I completely I, agree with David. I, completely agree.
0: I completely agree with that. But some people are thinking that they should replay that game. Only because that conference there in the West is just... Every win is very important to determine seeding. I mean, look, just look at how many teams are... I mean, right now, most teams are injured. But if you look at how the, the record was... I mean... Any of those any of like the ten teams can make the playoffs right now.
1: I can't agree with their reasoning because that's implying that if the Rockets and Spurs were in the Eastern Conference, they wouldn't think about even playing the game again. <laughs> it's just special circumstances for a situation that shouldn't be measured by special circumstances. It should be based on if this were to happen again, this is how we're gonna act on every single time. And like David said, is this a ref missed call? just kind of, like, miscalling a foul. Uh, They have plenty of opportunities to... They have plenty of time to realize that, like, okay, we're down two points, you know? Like, they weren't down two points at the time, but those two points didn't count, and so they need to just get over and move on. And what I believe, if I remember correctly, when I saw the score, the Rockets were ahead by a decent amount of points, and they ended up losing the game. So, clearly it's not the ref's fault they're already ahead in the game. Clearly, they lost because they had a big mental fault from that incident, and I would just blame them for letting the Spurs come back because of that incident. It's ludicrous to think they would play the game over again just because... They went
2: overtime, didn't they? You can't do the whole overtime as well.
1: It's that's, ludicrous. Well, that, think.
0: well, that's what I'm asking. Well, Because I can care less about James Harden. I'm not a James Harden fan, so I really don't care. If he loses, it's, it's better for me. I, I enjoy that. But... <laughs> It's just the premise. The premise should they be allowed to redo that game? No,
2: no because refs miss not. calls all the time. Yes. Yeah, and they review it. They, there's an actual report, unbiased report that goes out after the game is over, saying, "Oh, the ref missed this call. This call is incorrect." They don't change. They don't redo the game for that.
0: I I would point. I mean, I know you guys are talking about the missed call for the refs, but I want to save that for when we talk about the Heat. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. If if you guys agree with that, but I mean, they shouldn't deserve it. They don't deserve it.
2: It's fine.
1: No, no. All
0: right. So, anything you want to talk about, David?
2: Yeah, it's just something that happened um, after our podcast last week, and that was about the Lando Magic. Uh, for those who don't know, Lando Magic during the during this uh, past offseason, they they stretched. Timi, Timothy Moskov's salary. He was actually on a one year, I think 16 million salary, and they stretched him to 5.5 million over the three years. And um I think it was back in October they applied they apply for this exception. Um what this exception is, is a career ending injury exception. Um saying that Timi, Timothy Moskov can't play basketball anymore because of his injury. And so be, and because of that, his salary could come off their the books come off their won't count against their salary cap. And so for those who don't know, Tim Moskov is actually in Russia right now. He's he's trying to he he signed to a Russian team, but he actually has not played a game yet because of that. I think it was a knee injury. It's interesting that the NBA decided that even though he signed to a team that oh yeah this is a career ending injury and his salary is not count against their Atlanta Magic cap, which they will need because his salary it's 5.5 million stretch over three years. I think where this counts is during the 20, uh, 2021 season. All the Orlando Magic, I would say, top rookies, uh, including, well, young players, uh, Mo Bamba, Markel Foltz, and Jonathan Isaac, they're all restricted free agents. So that 5.5 million could really help them retain all three. And I think it, it, it erased a plunder. That the Orlando Magic did by instead of just holding on to Tim Lee Moskov and just kept his 16 million expiring contract. I think they should have done that instead, but you know, it worked out in the end. And it's just, it's really interesting. It, ju- it just it leads to so many more opportunities for the Orlando Magic in the future and just what can they do with their pending free agents, including uh, Evan Fournier, who has a player option, 17 million. Oh my and God. <laughs> well, if he, you know, it, it's questionable right now. Should he pick it up or not? And if he doesn't pick it up, should the Magic resign him? I'm thinking no. But then again, they do have $5.5 million more to to spend around. And also, the Miami, he uh, used the same exception for uh, Chris Bosch uh, a few years ago for his blood clots.
1: Very interesting. I think the Magic is going to have a very uh, interesting few new, uh, upcoming seasons trying to figure out the roster given. All the young talent they have with their ending rookie yeah. contracts so yeah
2: i mean this this gives them you know that 5.5 million could possibly give them they i mean they're probably gonna max try to max give a max offer to jonathan isaac and markel votes and so
0: oh dear god
1: and that's on top of paying nikola vujovic about uh-huh. 25k a year Aaron gordon yeah. 18k a year terence ross 14k so that's a lot of money they're going to try to yeah, pay he, off to the other players.
2: Oh, yeah. That, that 5.5 mil is very crucial.
1: All that money
0: just to be subpar. It reminds me of the Heat when they signed <laughs> James Johnson, Dion Waiter, <laughs> and, and who else? Tyler Johnson. I feel bad for them, for their magic. But I digress. I digress. I digress. Since we're talking about Orlando Magic. Okay, Steven, anything else you want to talk about the Magic?
1: I'll go over their weekly, how they did in the past week. Mm, tell us. They have four games this past week since last Wednesday. Uh, and they went 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, of those, uh, two of those four games were away, which they won. So their first two away games were won this past week. So I believe they're 2-7 and seven on road games. <laughs> um, their only loss during this four-game span was to the Toronto Raptors. Which was Don't played here in Orlando. And that's that's another point to point out. <laughs> they played some rather subpar teams. Wednesday they played Cleveland and then Sunday they played Golden State and Tuesday. Yesterday they played Washington. And despite them playing these lower tier teams, it's a good sign for Magic fans because mm-hmm. they were able to win these games. Yes. As they should. Even yes, though they you didn't have, have to win m- the
2: games you have to- you gotta win the games that you're supposed to win.
1: Exactly, and I think that solidifies them as a mid-tier team who's trying to get a playoff spot. Yeah. Whereas you know, think about the Orlando Magic three years ago; they're clearly with those teams, those barely <laughs> winning any games at all. So, and it's important to point out that they were able to get those wins without their best player, Nikola Vucevic, mm-hmm. and Aaron Gordon got back on that game against Toronto. Unfortunately, he has not been playing well since. He struggled during that comeback game, the following game as well against Golden State. Those two games, he literally made eight points per game on two for eleven, so the same field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a little better yesterday against Washington, but still, you could tell that he's not the same player like he was last year in the playoffs when he played Toronto. He was a he was the Magic's best player by far when he when they played the Toronto Raptors and it's kind of hard to see if he's ever going to get to that point again There's but it's something
2: it, up with him i think he's like averaging career lows this season
1: i heard rumors that he's having concussion issues uh, which Ooh. it's hard to kind of put that in pers- uh rationalize why that would be happening right now because uh, he had a, some concussion injury about 2 years ago And it's hard to see that lasting all the way through now, given that he's performed well since. It's not like he's been on a downturn since that first injury. It's hard to tell what's going on with Aaron Gordon. It could be just the beginning of the season. We know that some players, they don't really put a lot of effort into the beginning of the season. They're saving themselves for the playoffs. Uh, I could definitely see that being an option. And we'll talk about... I know we're going to talk about Jimmy Butler coming up. I kind of think that's a theory... For him as well, that applies to him. <laughs> but anyways, Aaron Gordon, he has come back from injury and he hasn't been doing too well, but we'll keep an eye on him. Um, and so during that four-game span, the Orlando Magic's offensive rating is at 26th rank. Obviously, they're not a very good defense uh, offensive team. They're, they're averaging about 102 points a game, which puts them at 29th. And their pace for a game is 28. So yeah. not only... Obviously, they're not scoring much. Uh, and it's not just because of their... I don't think it's just because of their players, but also because of the pace that they choose to play in. They play a very slow half-court game. Uh, and they don't score much at all anyways. Yeah. But where they thrive uh, is their defense, obviously. So they're in the 8th seed in the East right now at 9-11. and 11. And what's carrying them to that spot is because they they have a very good defense. Mm-hmm. Right now, their defensive rating is one hundred and five, so they're eleventh in the se- in the in the season right now. Uh, but their opponent's points per game is at second. so and that's partially due to the pace as well, because the pace is slower. teams don't both teams don't get to score as much. They just don't get as many possessions. Yeah. But uh, well,
2: so you, have to the you, you have he's not a fast player. Yeah, you guys down.
0: need to. You, yeah, yeah, you guys need to play. They need to play half court set with Vucevic. Fuc- yeah,
1: but he's, he hasn't been playing, and they haven't sped up the game at all, even though he's been <laughs> away. Um, so like like I was saying before, even though the Magic were they're playing against lower tier teams besides Toronto, those those wins are very important to solidifying themselves as a playoff contender. I'm sorry, not a playoff contender, but uh. Contending for a playoff spot during that run. It's important to point out that even though I think we all agree that we're not fans of Evan Fournier. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: during those three I'm wins, not... he averaged <laughs> at least 30 points a game. Oh, come
0: on,
2: David. So Please, don't, he's been don't, carrying don't the
1: magic on the offensive load. And he's been carrying
2: the magic. Okay. <laughs> yes,
1: he has. And it's important to point that out. We got to give credit where it's due. And even when they played Toronto, he didn't he didn't score efficiently, but he still put up 19 points. And uh, he was at a 32% field goal percentage, but he was 12 or 14 from the free throw line. So what that tells me is that if you watch the game, that even though his shots weren't falling in, he realized that he needed to change his game, and so he attacked the basketball and getting those foul calls. So he's trying. He's not just trying to put up shots and you know hopefully they go in. He's analyzing the game. Putting up shots where he's getting a, a better percentage at. Uh, so you could tell, like, uh, on a, those 30-point game nights, he was shooting pretty well from threes and yeah. long-range like jumpers. only
2: three-point right. So.
1: Yeah. And when they played Toronto, though, with that perimeter defense, mm-hmm. he realized the shots weren't going in, so he was driving to the basket and getting to the foul line. Mm-hmm. So you got to appreciate him for that because he's, he's really carrying the lot of the magic on the of, offensive end. And so I just want to put some closing remarks on the Magic at this point in the season. They need to figure out their offense to be more consistent. Right now with Aaron Gordon back, they really need him to at least be consistent, maybe not score 20 points a game like a lot of fans would want him to score, given his youth, athleticism. And like a couple years back, he he had a pretty good start to the season. And last year's playoff, he was doing pretty well. And so fans want him to get that sort of spark as a, you know, as a captain of the team. But I think even if he just became more consistent on a lower pace, like maybe 14, 15 points a game, that would be, that would do wonders for the Magic. He just needs to get consistent. He's trying to figure that out, while Nikola Vujovic is out too. The younger players can be more assertive in the offensive end as well, take more shots, especially like Fultz has been more aggressive to... uh, Driving into the basket, taking shots. Jonathan Isaac as well. Even Mo Obama in some games, he's been shown to take more. There is some <laughs>
2: more career games shots. for some of those players. Like Markel Fultz had a, his career high 20 points uh, yep. yesterday against the Wizards. Yep. And I think even Mo Obama had a career game against Cleveland, I believe. Oh, he made like so? five threes. Got...
0: Come on, man. It's the Wizards. They're the worst defensive <laughs> team in the NBA. They're 30th in defensive rating.
2: Hey, hey, you said last week, all right? Good teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat. So yeah, that's
0: true, but what <laughs> I'm talking, but it doesn't apply when we're talking about the Magic.
1: <laughs> so the thing is, the thing is, they want these younger players to be more confident because they're going to be very important not only for the postseason, which they're hoping to make, but in the years down the line. I see Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz as being the cornerstone of the franchise.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: unfortunately, if Aaron Gordon doesn't propel himself to at least a star, all-star level candidate. They're, he's, they're probably going to trade him.
2: They need to trade him. I yeah. really think so.
1: And so then the Magic going to have to fall back on having these younger players be the new key pieces for the franchise. So I think it's important for Magic fans to keep a lookout and just try to have an open mind as far as having these younger players put up more shots even though they might not make them as much and also as well for Aaron Gordon uh we don't really know what's going on with them but uh hopefully he'll get back to his uh I think he's uh, forcing
2: it like he's trying yeah. to be the number one option but that's not really his play style.
1: it feels like he has these bursts of like just taking a bunch of shots yeah. and then you don't see him again for the rest of the game and it's kind of like a weird pace I'm not it doesn't feel like he has a a feel for like the game on the offensive end as a whole it's you not know playing like he's
2: strengths. i don't think so dude. yeah a no. lot of shots mm-hmm. a lot it's of
1: longs yeah he, he's super athletic you think he used that athleticism a little bit more and yeah. we we all know that players like blake griffin who were super athletic they dominated down low with dunks and just jumping over people and it's not that aaron gordon has to do the same. But if he's literally only taking long-range jump shots, mm-hmm. it just becomes yeah. a very one-dimensional player and easier to guard. But like I said, he he's shown to be a little bit more uh, all-around during the playoffs last year. So we'll see how he turns out. I just think it might be some sort of health issue that hasn't been um, hasn't been put out to the public yet. I did want to do a quick point out about the the injuries plaguing the Magic. So. I don't know if you guys heard. Al Farouk will will be out indefinitely oh, yeah. with a torn meniscus in his right knee. Oh God! And they're tr- the Magic are trying to figure out if they can treat the injury without surgery. Um, Aaron Gordon returned against Toronto last week. Michael Carter Williams just returned last week yes. as well from a hip injury. And uh, Nikola Vucevic is still improving faster than expected, and he'll be reevaluated in uh, in about a week, and then we'll see where he goes from there. They have an interesting schedule. Uh, tonight, they're playing Phoenix, which I think is will be a good test for them. Phoenix are a pretty good team. They're a decent team right now. They're trying to go for the 8th spot in the West. They're a little sub 500 right now. So I think it'll be a good gauge against the, against the for, for the Magic. I think they're about the same tier. And so it'll be f- good for both teams to kind of gauge themselves to see how how good they are, and if they're really at that uh, playoff spot, that eighth spot in either conference. Uh, And then after Phoenix on Wednesday, they're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. They should win, (laughs) even though it's in Cleveland again. I expect them to win. Uh, And then it gets a little tougher after that. Uh, So after Cleveland, they're going to go to Milwaukee, and then after that, they're going to play the Lakers at home. Yeah, And the rest of the December schedule looks pretty tough. They're playing some pretty (laughs) rough teams. So just a few teams that you might see the Magic playing would be Houston, the Jazz, the Nuggets, Portland, uh, the 76ers, Milwaukee again. So they're playing Milwaukee twice during December. And then some of the lesser teams is uh, the Bulls and the Hawks. If the Magic can come out 50% of those games being won, I think they'll be pretty successful because I don't see them winning a lot of those uh, those games against the higher level tier teams like the Lakers and the Rockets and the Bucks, especially the Bucks. It's a horrible matchup for the Magic.
0: I know one uh, Florida team that beat the Bucks, and they beat <laughs> the Bucks at home at their home court. Mm. I think it was, uh, oh yeah, I remember. It was the Miami Heat. Definitely <laughs> wasn't Orlando Magic. The Miami Heat are also the only team that gave the Bucks their first uh, loss at their home court. Mm-hmm. And also, yesterday, the Miami Heat are also the first team to bring the Toronto Raptors their first loss at home. In overtime. In a nail-biter. Yes. Yeah. With Jimmy Butler scoring eight points in overtime, leading everybody. The, the whole Jimmy Butler thing. That I don't I don't know if like people like know how important he is to the Miami Heat because the last two seasons the Miami Heat have lost so many close games because they don't yes. have anybody to like just give the ball to, and just say, get the hell out of my way. I'm gonna I'm gonna like bring us to victory. Like they had nobody who can do that.
2: I think the Brooklyn Nets like game is a great example yeah. of
0: that. Brooklyn Nets, oh my god! And it also shows why, even though Brooklyn's a good team, they need that one dude to like be able to bring them the victory.
1: Cause they were up. They were yeah. up
0: five points. Well, well, yeah, five well,
2: points. well Spencer Dinwiddie really missed yeah. a layup in the closing minute that would have gave them the lead. I think I was pretty lucky about it. He very fortunate. He did fortunate. score he,
0: 29. He did score 29 points.
2: Yes, but he he, he had played, to, he was uh, their go-to player for their for the Brooklyn Nets possessions, and he couldn't he couldn't finish it. He couldn't. He wasn't clutched to put them over.
0: He also messed up on the last possession.
2: Yeah, he also did that.
0: He but, he messed up. But lot. the most crucial was missing that layup. Time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although he, he wasting that time in that last possession wasn't a good idea either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he he should have just the minute he got the ball he should have just went up and tried to get go for the shot instead of dribbling it dribble 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 and then try to like get a better shot.
2: Yeah, I'm a big I fan know. of Spencer Dinwiddie. It's just in, it's just in those situations that's when they need Kyrie Irving the most.
0: Although they've been winning without him, but that's a that's a topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I, I just want to get back to Jimmy Butler, especially during their Brooklyn Nets game. Um, yes, he's been their MVP. He's he's carrying the heat to victories, but I'm just worried about his shooting. Um, you know, before that clutch moment in the last two minutes of that Brooklyn Nets game, he was shooting, was it four for 13 before, the, before those two minutes. Like, you know, if he was just scoring efficiently, They wouldn't be in such close situations where they need him to be clutch, which he's been. And, you know, it's not, and he does more than just shoot. You know, he, he, he contributes great defense. He, he's a big playmaker, the leading assist. He's their point guard. It's just, I think his shooting struggles is, it's the start of his decline. It's good enough to beat the, the non-elite teams. But, you know, Jim Bell is already 30 years old. So that's a little worrying for me.
1: With all due respect, David, uh-huh. I think you're overreacting.
0: <laughs> yeah, for I, I right. lack
1: of better term. I, and I don't think you're, you have a lot of valid uh, points, what you're saying. But I do think that if you think about everything that's going on in his life. So, for example, one, he just moved to a new city, to a new team. So one, he has to get acclimated to his new teammate, coach, system. Two, he's in a new city, which happens to be Miami, a great social environment. And when you put yourself as a veteran in a new city where there's lots to do to enjoy yourself, and from his playoff experience, he knows that as long as we win the games, I don't have to really produce that well. You know, he's. I think he understands that he hit, at this point in his career, after being paid by the Miami Heat, who put a lot of confidence into into his signing, you know, by giving him all that money, that he can do what he wants as long as he wins games. I and feel they've
0: been
1: that, doing that. They've been as winning. long as he as long as he been winning, you know, uh, I don't think he's gonna worry too much about his percentage, especially since now he's being a more of a playmaker, like you mentioned. He's focusing mm-hmm. more on distributing the ball, giving confidence to the younger players, especially all those rookies and younger players that they have they're still developing, like Bam and the Bio, still developing, got Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Duncan Robinson. These are all very young players. They need to build themselves up to get that experience and confidence. And so I think that's the role that he's taking. And I also think that the fact that he just gave birth to his daughter gives them more of an excuse to you know, focus on other things other than uh, boosting his stats, right? Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not a professional player, but I would think that that's a pretty big deal. And as a parent, a new his first daughter, he would put a lot more of his time trying to, you know, get used to being a father. And then so that when the playoff times comes, everything is set, and he's, you know, he can just focus on that final playoff push. So I think there's a lot of things to consider. I don't. I don't think it's because he's thirty. You're making it sound like he's really old. I don't think he's that old. That's
2: a lot of miles on him.
1: He does but he well, he's an extremely he he is not a very athletic player, but he's a very solid player. Like he knows his strength, right? He's not gonna beat you just like by out running you to the basket, but he's just he has a very good pace to his game and I think he's just picking his time to really go full blown out when the playoff push starts.
0: I mean he he did he did shut down Kyle Lowry.
1: Kyle Lowry shot two for 18.
2: That was his first game back, though. No, mm, mm,
1: yeah, I yeah. Two for 18, though, man. Two for 18. Kyle Lowry 18. is very streaky. Sometimes he just cannot score anything. But to his credit, Kyle Lowry is a very scrappy player. Even though he's taking all those shots, he can still contribute. But he can be extremely streaky, man. Now, Not
0: only that, Pascal Siakam also played bad yesterday. And, and that leads me to another person which I really like for the Heat and how he's developing so far, is Bam Adebayo. He's been playing really well. Like, defensively, he shut down Pascal Siakam pretty much. Single-handedly shut him down. If you were watching the game yesterday, you can tell how frustrated uh, Siakam was yesterday. Like, he couldn't score anything. Like, he was missing. He airballed wide open, like a little tiny little runner. He airballed it. All his shots were also short. Bam was just all over him. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you had, uh, Duncan Robinson was also played well yesterday. The only oh, yeah. bad thing, yeah, the only bad thing about yesterday's game that I just talk about a little bit is Kendrick Nunn. Now mm-hmm. I was I was all in on Kendrick Nunn. I liked him going into the season, but yesterday he it just proved to me like, what is this? We're already into twenty games into the season. By now you should already know what Kendrick Nunn is and. For me, he's more of—he's the type of player that will play well versus bad teams. Oh, he doesn't uh, shoot that doesn't, well versus uh,
2: not against good, good teams. defensive teams. Yeah,
0: but I, I don't know about I don't know if yesterday was just they played good defense on him because he had a lot of open shots, but he just wasn't making any of them. Yeah.
2: To be fair, I mean, he like especially I think in overtime. He played over Duncan Robinson. I mean, even though his shot wasn't falling, at least he didn't give up on defense. He still hustled. So that's, that's, I mean, that's why he was still playing, even though his shot wasn't falling.
0: Speaking of the defense thing, the only thing that I don't like about him is that he can't keep up with fast guards because there was one play where uh, Gasol, it was a high pick and roll. Mm -hmm. And, and they did this every time, every time. And this is not the only time it happened. It's happened before where the center would come in, they pick him, and Kendrick Nunn cannot keep up with the guard mm-hmm. once that guy comes in. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's not strong enough or he just doesn't know how to, like, run through the pick. He just can't keep up with the guard once, the, once there's a high pick and roll. It's like the guard will have an open lane and be able to drive it in and Kendrick Nunn's going to have to like chase them down. And it just, uh, it it just can't work like that. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what the the heat are going to do, but they need, they need him to like pick up on that. Yeah. They need him to practice on being able to go through uh, picks and it's like an easy possession the minute they do that.
1: I do want to point out that uh, the Raptors are very good at doing the pick and roll you might you might want to look at other games as well. No, he's they, it, it, yeah. other games it's have not done the just
2: same thing. Against the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. Any
0: okay. any uh any team that does a high pick and roll with Kendrick Nunn on that guard, they he cannot keep up with the guard. Like he's okay. If there's no uh pick and roll and it's just like man to man, he he can play, he'll he'll be able to keep up with them. Cause he's not super athletic, but he's athletic enough to like keep up with them. But
2: uh, he he's like he, he got good steal numbers. He, he could pick your pockets if you're not, yeah. if you're careless.
1: I think alluding to what David said, it's something he could practice. If you're saying he can keep up on a one-on-one coverage, that yeah. means he's, he's athletic enough to be able to stay on a pick and roll. The problem comes in if he can read the pick and roll and react to it fast enough. And so that's something that I believe he could learn.
0: He he also doesn't have that second gear. Like the minute if you're trailing behind that guy, you just want to like sprint him. He just he doesn't have that. But, but he's athletic enough.
2: I I just also want to talk about defense um of Bam Adebayo. Just I like this trend of him like guarding the best player. Um I wanna talk a little bit about the Houston Rocket loss in that they start the game having Bam Adebayo guarding Russell Westbrook. Wow. That was a very interesting thing. That's yeah. so
0: unexpected. <laughs> He yeah. was keeping up with him. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you no. Know, we mentioned last week uh, for the hockey game, we they should just let Russell Westbrook take over, like let him do his thing, but just try to contain Harden. Unfortunately, they let Westbrook do his thing, but he was making all his long twos in his mid range, which is unfortunate. I mean, against the Spurs, he shot seven out uh, of thirty, but against the Heat. You know, he was making all those mid-range. It's just, it was a, you, you know, you want him shooting the long twos, but just, it was just annoying seeing him make it. And then they just couldn't contain James Harden. James Harden and West Westbrook both had great games against the Heat. And you know, I would say that was the downfall.
0: I'm not that surprised about that. I mean, I didn't think they're gonna win that game, but they did finish three and one right now. Yeah. They're playing again today against the Boston in Boston.
1: Mm-hmm. They're probably the gonna
0: they're probably they'll probably lose today though, but and three <laughs> and two, that's fine.
2: All right, against the losses coming against you know really yeah. good opponents. Um,
0: yeah. And road. it's also it's just it's just bad luck for them because they've been they lost the, they've they have yet to win a back to back yet. They can't win the second game after the back during a back to back. They've they're, they've they're, lost everything.
2: Those so. second this, the teams they face on a back to back are really tough teams, though. No
0: yeah, teams, man. Yep. I mean, they lost to the Lakers. Who else? They lost to uh, 76ers. 76ers on the back. It, it, it's just hard for them
2: to win that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's hard for any team, really.
1: And they did beat the Raptors in Toronto. Yes. And this little two back to back could have been two losses. And they got a really good win over a good team. So, um, yeah, you could take that any day, man still
2: but well it was even more impressive about the Raptors win was they Goran Dragic was out of that game. Yes. Justice Winslow
0: played really well too. Oh yesterday. yeah he had a really he yeah I would really say
2: well. best game of the season so far.
0: <laughs> Better than his his first game was pretty good <laughs> but
2: like he was impactful on both defense oh, and yeah. offense. Oh, yes, yeah, so was. It,
0: Those three people like Winslow, Bam Adebayo, and Butler those are such good defensive, yes. like unit right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think they're top five easily. They can almost shut down everybody. But I mean, after they play Boston, their next, th- the next three games are going to be cakewalks because they're all home mm-hmm. games, and mm-hmm. it's against the Wizard, Bulls, and Hawks.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep.
0: So after this, after today's loss, they'll probably win the next three, and then they're going to lose because they play the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> But the Lakers, they have a shot. They have a shot against the Lakers because the Lakers is also a home game, and they play the Lakers on a Friday.
1: So if the <laughs> Lakers
0: come in early, like on Thursday, they'll probably go out. Most likely, they'll go out. We probably have that uh the South South Beach uh, fever.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of losses, um, doesn't look good for them against Boston tonight because Goran Dragic is not going to play. He's still out with his injury and also Eric post uh, is also not gonna be he's not gonna game. be up. he has yeah. a uh, daughter really? his
0: wrong? daughter a daughter is being uh, oh uh,
2: okay I, I think his daughter i his daughter. i'm seeing second son another son yeah i don't think they are gonna win tonight <laughs> against boston
1: they usually yes. they he usually yes. have a very good string of coaches assistant coaches oh, yeah. ready to take the job yeah. Although yeah, like most the of Knicks them, coach. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks coach, Juan Howard. You know? uh, speaking Stan of Juan uh, Howard
0: for the, because uh, he's a coach for the Michigan, for Michigan, oh, yeah. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Undefeated.
0: They, yep. They're undefeated and they beat two seeded teams already. Number six and number eight. And they're, they are unseated.
1: That's the thing with the heat, man. Like they know how to develop talent and that's straight up and down, not just players, but staff coaches, they really have a good system there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that'll still be in place once I hate to say, it, but Pat Riley's pretty old. You know, he's probably looking to retire soon. Yeah, that he really did put out really good coaches, staff, players. He really squeeze all the talent out of everyone. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. If Juwan Howard's doing so well in college.
2: One more shout out to uh, Duncan Robinson. Um, great game last night, but he has oh, yeah. 50, 58. Uh, made threes for an entire season, which placed him thirteenth in the league so far. Just behind Kemvin Walker and just ahead of Joe Harris. It was a big shout out for him.
1: Forty four percentage out. from three point. Yeah. I
0: like a I like uh I like how he turned out so far, Duncan Robinson. Yeah.
2: And and like it's not he's not just a one dimensional player. Like he doesn't just only shoot threes. Like he still he can still take it in and he drives it in. So it's massively impressed by him
0: he does play defense a little bit yes
2: and he plays defense
0: not not really good at it but he (laughs) tries
2: he tries and he he needs to cut down the fouls but yeah you know he's still learning
0: he he is a rookie kind of anyways you guys want to anything else you guys want to add
2: just want to add another shout out to markel Foltz. i mentioned the career high but it's it's good that to see him playing more minutes too. Um, at the beginning of the season. He was on a minute restriction. I think he was on like a 20 to 24 minute restriction. But now he, lately he's been playing into 30 or more minutes. So that's encouraging to see.
1: He's definitely doing beyond expectations. At yeah. least my expectations.
2: Mine too. And like it really seemed like. When he becomes a restricted free agent in 2021. It seems like the Magic Wolf. Most likely throw a max contract his way. well let's
0: just uh we'll talk about that another time okay but uh anyways that's it for the uh heat and magic assist podcast uh good night everybody